Hi, welcome to the Vine Church podcast. This week we've got a great speaker. Hope you enjoy it. Thanks, Michael. Good morning, everybody. Great to see you all. Nice to see you all back. We had a week off from church here last week and went to Surge in Edinburgh, the conference. How many got along to that? Give us a wave if you managed to get along. About 16, 17, not bad, I'm sure. The, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it was a good event, but glad that you came back here. There's nothing like being at home. Eh? It's just great being in your own place and um, delighted to see so many guests this morning as well. Jimmy and Elma back from holiday. Let's welcome them back. Just great to have her. Um, Howdy, pastors back. So super to see you guys looking so well. And um, some old friends, John Storm, uh, I think uh, hi to you and your family, Alana and Sherry, I think, or something like that, but all the way from China. Uh, and uh, Maggie and Kirsty as well. So it's great. We've a number of people away on holiday, but we get some friends and family coming to visit as well. And I think uh, Eddie and Trina, your, your family are here as well, are they? Where are they? Hi guys, you're here. Welcome, welcome to everybody. And um, it is the summer holidays, so uh, a time, I think, to relax a little bit. We've been working, I just want to encourage you as a church, and I'm sure where you are if you're visiting, uh, it's nice to have a time to just sit back, to, to reflect, to relax. And uh, this is a summer season, and we want to do that, and I want to help do that today with a hope, a really powerful but um, uh, exciting uh, word and theme about the peace of God and Jimmy's word that he brought about um, the battle being over is really important, really helpful. So uh, bear that in mind. God is speaking this morning. Uh, just pray you'll uh, be blessed. And um, I just want to introduce this. We're going to talk about uh, the Beatitudes. If you've heard about that uh, before the Beatitudes are the eight blessings that Jesus spoke about on what's called the beginning of the, the Sermon on the Mount. And um, I've been looking at this, and if that video is just about ready to play, Leah, just introduce it. I've been thinking about this, and these words that Jesus spoke have been talked about and are one of the most important uh, passages in the whole Bible. And uh, I, to be honest, I've really found it difficult to understand them. I don't know about you guys if you know them or familiar with them, but it's difficult. The Beatitudes just mean blessing, favor maybe, or uh, fortune. Um, and we're going to understand, I hope, a little bit more after these two or three weeks looking at the Beatitudes, just what Jesus was hopefully uh, will reflect what he's talking about and uh, get excited about that. So um, one, one of the uh, things that inspired me is this book by... Um, Stu Garrard, Stu G, who used to play in the band Delirious that we followed, loved him. He's done this book called Words from the Hill and um, all about the Beatitudes and how he's been impacted by them throughout his life. So if there's a, just let him introduce it for us, if that's possible, Leah, thanks. The Sermon on the Mount. Got this video coming up too. Get the popcorn ready while you're waiting. Let's see how we get on today. There we go. Thanks, Leah. The Sermon on the Mount has always been my favorite piece of the Bible. 
So over the last three or four years, I've really been gathering stories and writing songs and meeting people and just discovering what it looks like for these announcements to come alive. The police, they circled the park, came in and arrested dozens of us. Then my wife and I moved into Iraq and made that our home. I'd almost lost my life. I went through this four-year bout with drugs and felt like God came and laid on the floor with me. I spent 27 years incarcerated on death row with really little to no hope of, of ever getting out. 9-11 happened. Within an hour, man walked into me and he threatened me. He said, I'm coming back and blowing everything up. It wasn't that I didn't like people, it's that I didn't like myself when I was with people. It's about a community of people coming together to draw the church's attention back to probably the most revolutionary thing that Jesus said. No more striving, but it means that we can just be, we can actually live in this thing called grace. So I'm excited to invite you on this journey with me and I love to share with you some of the things that have really changed my life and my view on the world and hopefully it will be an encouragement to you too. Brilliant. Um, if you're interested in that, knowing more about that, uh, check out uh, Words from the Hill, the website, just Google Stu G or anything like that, Beatitudes. Brilliant piece of work, excited to see the film. I've read the book, the stories are amazing and it is, I think, trying to say what does the Beatitudes mean for us today as a church and as a generation? What would Jesus be saying and how do they apply for us? But to understand all this, I want to give a little bit of context just to begin. Stu G said there were announcements about God's kingdom and we need to go back to Christmas, would you believe, to really help us understand where this fits in, I think, with what God is doing on the earth today. Let's just say, uh, it's my secret sign to Leah, change the slides. <laughs> it's, oh, I've blown it. Oh, I'm sorry. Won't be smooth anymore. <laughs> Here's the first slide. Christmas. Anybody ready for Christmas yet? You started shopping? No? Yeah. Uh, paid off the debt from last year. I'm just about, we probably started, haven't we, Sally? At Christmas time, you may remember, and it's sometimes maybe lost in the tinsel of Christmas, but there is the most powerful announcement that has ever been made to earth. It was angels. An angel came to shepherds. and said, there is good news, joy to all people. And a whole host of angels then announced this most amazing thing, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Imagine angels proclaiming this to shepherds, the lowest of the low in these days, 2,000 years ago. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to 
all mankind. The biggest and the first and the original win-win there has ever been. God was fixing something that was broken once and for all. God and man had been separated. Heaven and earth had been separated. And Jesus was coming to reconnect heaven and earth together, to join it back, to find a way for God and man to be reunited, for heaven and earth to come together. This wasn't just good, good advice. This was good news. This is the biggest, the best, the most exciting news that the world has ever heard, that instead of mankind being faced with death, they were going to be offered life. This was how significant this message was, that it required angels to come and say, heaven is coming to earth. Heaven is invading earth, and it's bringing life, and you will have abundant life, eternal life, and most of all, you will have peace on earth. And at the same time, this will bring the glory to God in the highest heaven. Heaven and earth are being connected with what Jesus is going to do, and it's Jesus that is going to achieve it. Jesus is going to uh, bring this uh, work to pass. And um, the first person, if we read on in the story, there's a brilliant little story about Simeon, an old man probably who had been worshiping God, had a promise that he would see the glory of God, the consolation that said of Israel, the hope. He was waiting for some sort of sign, some sort of hope. And And when Mary and Joseph brought little Jesus in in their arms to the temple. He saw something happened, and he saw that this was the salvation that was waiting for the world. This was the good news. This was how heaven and earth were going to come together. This was the hope of all Israel. This little baby Jesus was bringing good news. And it says, I can now be dismissed in peace. Peace can come. This is peace, not just the sort of peace Jimmy and I are hoping for our time in life, maybe, to just settle down a little bit and relax and put our feet up. Peace when responsibilities are maybe set aside, when the to-do list is all just nice stuff. You know, I like peace like that sometimes, when all the hard stuff's done and you can just relax for a minute. Summer holidays, a great time of peace. But the peace that Jesus is bringing is far, far deeper and better than just the uh, removal of responsibilities and jobs and tasks and worries and anxieties and fears. It's that and more. We're hoping for peace in our life. We're hoping for peace on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning. We're hoping for peace when we retire and get older. But this was peace that wealth cannot buy. I would love to know that I had everything I needed for the rest of my life. But this is peace much, much deeper and stronger and more powerful than just that hope. It's much more powerful than just health and strength. I just hope I'm well for the rest of my days. I don't want to fade. You know, we'd love to know and have that peace in our hearts that we're going to be okay, that that we're not going to be sick. But the peace that Jesus is bringing is the deepest peace of a man or woman's soul to know that they are loved by God and they are right with God forever, that that nothing can come to undermine the hope and the joy that that can bring, that we're at one with God, that we have heaven, not just something to look forward to 
when we die, but heaven is coming right into hearts now. And the, the, the message and the purpose of Jesus Christ was about bringing that heaven to earth for us, for every single person. And after Simeon experienced that peace for the first time, that depth of peace that we just can't imagine, 30 years later, after everything had gone quiet, John the Baptist come and says, prepare the way, get ready for this. And lots of people came to hear John the Baptist who announced that Jesus was coming and get ready and you need to be baptized and confess your sins and repent. And we were just getting ready. And, and, and he said, there's somebody coming. And he said, it's really close. It's coming 30 years on from the birth of Christ. We're seeing that this hope, this promise of peace on earth is going to start to be fulfilled and outworked. And John knew it. It was coming, but he knew it wasn't him. He knew he was just preparing the way. And he said, you need to get ready. Confess your sins. Be baptized. And many of you have done that. And the message of the cross that you may be aware of is that if you come seeking forgiveness for all your sins, Jesus will forgive you. And the Will Graham event, again, we had that Will Graham event a couple of weeks ago, busy time. I hope you enjoyed that. We had nearly a thousand people from across Scotland make this commitment to come to Jesus, to ask him to forgive their sins, to come to the cross for forgiveness, where heaven is being invading their lives in that moment. That it's not just about forgiveness. We don't just come to Jesus and the cross as the end of our journey. It's the beginning. The cross is a door opening heaven on earth right now. As Jesus came, as John explained, that he will come with power and the Holy Spirit, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Our hope, the gospel message, ever since that time, is that heaven will dwell in our hearts by faith, that as we invite the Holy Spirit to come in and dwell with us, we invite Jesus into our heart through what he has done, believing in the cross, believing that he is the Prince of Peace, the everlasting Father. We invite him in, and heaven enters our hearts this is the gospel, this is the good news, that it's a timeless event. It happened 2,000 years ago, but it happens for people every single moment of the day when they come to Jesus and say, come in to my life, forgive me for my sins. I receive the gift of the promise of the Holy Spirit, and heaven will start to awaken in our hearts. Heaven is a place on earth, and it's in your heart. It's in your heart. That's where it lives. That's where the kingdom of God is beginning to come and expand because what Jesus didn't just get us ready for heaven when we die, so we just don't get saved and then, huh, when's my time up? Let's get to heaven. Heaven is coming here right now. Abundant life, that's what Jesus was promising. And he started to announce his ministry. He was baptized by John. He went into the desert, was tempted by the devil, and he started to preach that the kingdom of God is near. Repent and be baptized. He healed the sick. Demons were cast out. And very early in his ministry, Jesus started to explain what that original announcement was all about, what 
he was really doing, what his purpose on earth was. And what, the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6 is his explanation of what is going on. What is this all about? What is this kingdom of heaven all about? What am I really doing here? Who am I? And how does it affect you? And who is it for? Remember what the angel said. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to all mankind. What the Jews and the people of the time, the religious people were expecting was that Jesus would come and say, if he was the Messiah, the Son of God, he would come and say, blessed are you if you are a Jew, a son of Abraham. He did not. He started to say some radical, radical things. And this was at the beginning of his ministry, so we can see it reflected in the rest of the Gospels time and time again, what his message is here. We're going to look at these eight blessings to help us understand what heaven and earth looks like here today. And we're going to do two today. Then we'll do three, and then we'll do another three, maybe, in the next two or three weeks. Let's look at the next slide. Oh, thanks. Here they are. Here's the list of eight Beatitudes. It's also in Luke, um, and the, we think, uh, people are pretty sure, they know pretty much where the, this was spoken by Jesus. It's near, uh, looking over uh, the, the Lake of Galilee, um, and people go there, and you can go there, you can visit it, where Jesus spoke these very words. And we're just going to run through them uh, quickly first, all eight. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, or they will, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of of heaven. These are the eight Beatitudes, and every time I read them, I think, what, what, what is this? <laughs> I'm not sure I quite get it sometimes. It's quite, blessed, let's start. So we're going to just spend a little time looking at these, and hopefully we can get some revelation and understanding this truth that what God is about is connecting heaven and earth, that he, Jesus talked about the kingdom of heaven coming, and it, was, it is, can you imagine the best possible news you have ever, ever, ever heard? Well, that's what the angel said, and this is Jesus trying to explain why it's good news. And we need to understand it today, that this is still the very, very best news for every single person on earth today. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, is for everybody, all nations, all people, whatever state you're in. And this is what he started to explain. Um, Stu G in his book explains, says, we're not in control. Life does not always work out the way we expect it to. Anybody relate to that? And he tells us, when we find ourselves at the end of our rope, at rock bottom, God is there. God is on our side. He explains, maybe these announcements offer us the most amazing good news you could ever hope to read, that God is always available to us and is fully present in the ache 
the lack, the not-yetness of light. Often, the Beatitudes are explained as a spiritual progressing stone that you need to be poor. Some people interpret it. If you're going to find God, you need to be meek. You need to be hunger and thirsty. You need to develop these spiritual characteristics. And often, people think church is about becoming good, becoming a nice person, becoming a good person. And therefore, it's not for me because I'm not a good person. Therefore, I can't go to church and God wouldn't accept me. And that same thought Jesus came to say, because he didn't say, it's for you religious guys who are doing all the sacrificing and your ministers, scholars. He was saying to the people that had followed him, Hundreds and thousands were following him already by this stage, just at the beginning of his ministry. They'd seen something about this, and he was saying, right, guys, this is what this is all about. It's about you who are poor. Anybody here poor? Materially or spiritually? This kingdom, I have come for you. It's you that God is looking for to invite into his kingdom. Heaven is open for you to come and enjoy. It's not, it's not for you to get ready, to get good, to get better, so that you can maybe just make it. I have come. I have brought heaven down. He came from heaven to earth, the only one who has. He came from heaven to earth to fix what was broken. He joined heaven and earth through his life and his death on the cross and his resurrection victory once and for all through Jesus Christ heaven and earth are correct are connected and joined and we have this it's like a, I can sit I've imagine it it can't be like this but a physical corridor between heaven and earth that is open all the time and the power and the blessings of the promises of heaven are flowing down and when people come to Jesus they they come to the cross and they receive forgiveness, and then they look in, and they think, oh, that looks amazing. But, but I can't come in. I, you know, heaven's not now, is it? You know, it's later, so better wait for heaven when I get there, and, you know, I'll, I'll be live forever and fly and stuff. But I'll just wait here and be as good as I can and um, not get any bad marks, and then, and then Jesus will come, and, and I'll have made it. But, but that's not what the good news is. It's partly that. But it says, come in, come in and take a step. Be baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit and start to know God because he wants to know you, to have a relationship with you. He accepts you 100%, whoever you are, whatever you've done, however bad you feel you've been, however much you know you've let people down. Jesus is saying, if you're poor in spirit, if you know you have failed, if you know you've been broken, if you know you're not worthy, if you know you've just got a heart that is selfish and broken and uh, you just can't do it, you just can't get over that thing, Jesus said, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. The NIV puts it this way. What slide are we on? That's the one. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Luke says, blessed are the poor. And if you look at the Compassion website, the charity that Justin, Jimmy Nelma's son, is CEO of in this, and we support and we love, 
and reaches out to all the earth. If you look at their website, they've got amazing testimony of all the passages in the Bible about how God cares for the poor and how he wants us to care for the poor materially. Blessed are the poor, or the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And I think it's also good to think about, in this day and age particularly, it's not just materially poor. In this culture, we're generally not so poor, but we're ravaged by depression, by mental health, by suicidal tendencies, the highest killer, poor in spirit, those who just feel they are not worth being alive. That is who Jesus is saying. Heaven is an open door for you. Come in, come in, come in, come in. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God's rule. Are you feeling like it's peacetime? That actually you're all right? It's going to be okay? That if this is true, if there are no barriers to heaven, that Jesus has overcome them all, that God is available to me, that I can come in, that invitation is for you and for me. This is good news. This is where peace really lives. This is where heaven and earth come together. Isaiah 58 says, is this not the kind of fasting I've chosen to loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, to break every yoke? Is it not to shelter your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked to clothe them, not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Psalm 72 says, he will deliver the needy who cry out, the afflicted who have no one to help. He will take pity on the weak and the needy and save the needy from death. He will rescue them from oppression and violence. Imagine the thought of there being no violence, the thought of no disease, the thought that I can be rescued. Jesus is saying, I'm coming for you who feel that, who have that fear. I'm thrilled speaking to people like in this church, Lynn Hanna, who, the chair at the work that she works in a charity, Jean Brody. Um, others who work in charities who are changing people's lives. And we see it so many times. There's the charities we support, Compassion, Hope for Justice, many, many others. And, and Sally, who works at Beanstalk, you know, uh, that Michael announced today. A nurture center with young kids who have been through difficult social environment, who maybe have been <laughs> or seen things that they shouldn't, who've just struggled, who are in that cycle of lack, when there's not love in their homes, when there's actually violence, when there's addictions, when there's a drug. This type of heart that we see, Jesus, I just believe, loves. And when these children grow up and have kids, how do you help them? What chance do they have? God is saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. And I just love seeing the work that is done 
by many people in this church and across the world who are reaching out. This, I believe, is what Jesus would say. This is Jesus' heart. You are my hands and my feet. Love the poor. Care for the afflicted. Bind up the brokenhearted. That was his announcement. Amazing what church should really be. Church should really be doing all that and supporting that. And as you go out into organizations that are dedicated to that, God bless you. Know that you're doing the work of the kingdom of God and a kingdom you carry the kingdom of heaven with you into these places and many many others around here have that heart and have moved in you and I just want to affirm you if you have that opportunity you have that role God bless you you're taking the kingdom of heaven you're doing the work of the church you're doing God's and bringing God's heart to those who are in oppression that is what Jesus came to do that is the, the peace that he believes in then blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted is there anybody here who has not had a time of mourning when they've lost something they've loved jesus said i'm coming for you i'm coming for you god it says is the god of all comfort We think, can't you do something about this, God? Why did that have to happen? And we don't understand. We don't have answers. But what I do believe, what I do know is that heaven is invading earth to bring comfort to those who are in mourning, who are suffering, who are in grief. I heard on the radio this week, just, it's everywhere. It's just dominating the world. And Jesus knew it. And God knows it. And he hears his cry of his people who are broken the, on the radio, this documentary uh, family have made, of parents who lost their son just to help people deal with grief, to help them get through, because we just don't know how to. We don't know how to deal with it, to suppress it. And Jesus is saying, I see you, I am with you. I love you, and I want to bring that comfort to you. The kingdom of God doesn't seem to eradicate poverty or death yet, but it does promise that if you invite Jesus in, he will come in to your situation and circumstances. He will say, I know, I know. There's a There's an anecdote but in the book Stu G says about the Golden Gate Bridge, one of the most popular, not the right word, um, places for people to commit suicide. And he says there's two sides to the Golden Gate Bridge. One faces the Pacific out to the sea, the other faces the city of San Francisco. And he says almost everyone jumps on the city side. And he just wonders if that's because they just need somebody to see. They hope that somebody sees and knows their pain and understands that they're going through something. And Jesus is saying that to every single person. Don't jump. Hold on. I see. I see you. That's what Jesus was saying to all the people that were listening to him. This is what God is doing. This is what is happening. This is what's going to come from this day forth. The kingdom of heaven is coming for every single heart, every single person. Bullying. One in five kids are getting bullied. Oppression. The quote here from the book 
The Greek word for mourn is pentheo. It refers to someone mourning the power of the wicked over the righteous. This is about the people who are at the bottom and feel trapped and helpless and are brokenhearted because of it. This is about the person who works three jobs but can't make ends meet. It's about the parents who read all the parenting books, give their very best to the child, but they continue to make bad decisions. It's about the student who feels left out and misunderstood and mocked by classmates. How many of us haven't been there in that moment when we just want it to end because we feel so embarrassed, so ashamed, so isolated, so different? It's a real thing, and we understand it. But we don't know what to do without it. Jesus does. God does. He cares, and he's coming for everybody who calls out to him, that he wants to bring heaven into your heart, to bring you comfort. It's about a little girl who was forced into abusion. This is about all of us when we're helpless and trapped, brokenhearted and at the bottom. Quote from Brad Nelson from the book of Pastor in America. And the message this morning is that if the season is that you're in mourning, Jesus wants to come in and bring you comfort and bring you hope. He wants to know, I believe, that he cares, and he sees, and he knows. And um, just want to finish up with um, this last song. If you can start playing that song. This is one of the songs that um, Stoogie's done with Joel Houston to support these and um, some beautiful words in it. Uh, it's called View from the Hill. And he's, I think, capturing, wanting to capture the heart of God. There's a suggestion and a thought that God could be a bit better. You know, if he really cared, he, he would do something about this, what I'm going through. He would do something about the suffering that we're facing. Look at the state of the world. And I believe he is. I believe he has. And he said it started in that moment on the cross when Jesus once and for all connected. He put an anchor between heaven and earth that will never, ever be removed. Forever joined. And we can find peace in the dark days, in the tough days. He wants us to hold on, to get through. Grace. This song says, I don't know where the valley ends, but the road is paved with mercy. And I can see how the river bends because its waters flow straight through me. The view from here, so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Like a river running wild with mercy. begin to turn it up and I just um, want to pray for you just now if you can just close your eyes if you can, lift your hands to heaven just ask God if you can just ask him for peace if you need peace right now just say, yeah, I'm one of the poor, materially or spiritually. I'm in mourning. I've lost a grief. And I didn't think anybody really cared. 
God does. And he wants to come right now into your heart, to the depths and the darkness, and bring light and hope and life, because it's real. This message is real. This hope is true. This comfort that God offers is for you. The kingdom of God isn't about being better. It's about receiving life. to stand together if you want or just hear these words and if you're on a journey we all are just receive these words now just turn this up again George if you can just enjoy this come Holy Spirit just pray for every soul here every heart here that you will find comfort even in this moment peace in this moment like you've never known. Jesus, just come with your blessing and your favor and your love and this truth. And the angels announced peace for all mankind. Receive his peace. Jesus' name.
Jesus didn't come to take away your pain, to remove grief. He came to help us through it, to transform us in the process, to change us from the inside out, that the light of heaven would grow in our hearts as we invite Jesus to live with us, to dwell with us, to transform us, to move in us. He didn't come to take the good guys. He came to take the lost guys, the broken guys, those who recognize their need for him. He said to his disciples in John 14, just as he was heading off to the cross in the garden of Gethsemane, he said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And just as band come back up, we just want to um, thank you for receiving God's peace this morning. I want to thank you that as we receive God's peace, if you're in a good place, you're feeling strong and joyful, I'm sure there's others around us that you can bring that peace to, that hope to, that love to. And it's not giving answers. It's not saying, it's not fixing it. It's not changing it. It's, I'm sure it's just sometimes just being there, just listening if you need to listen. Maybe, uh, yeah. I want to just offer, before we end up, the opportunity for one or two who may be here today that haven't understood this message, this good news, that God actually is inviting you, that Jesus actually came for you, that the, this strange thing, this strange message of the cross is actually for you, and it's an open door to heaven. And I'm just going to say a prayer in the moment, that if you say this prayer with me, we'll say it together, that this act that is been said and done by countless millions since the announcement, since Jesus came and he explained his kingdom and he fulfilled the kingdom purposes and he cemented forever the, the door in eternity and said it's open. And where it explains in the Bible that if you believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God, make that decision just even if you don't understand it even if you just can't make sense of it I didn't when I first declared it I, but I took a step of faith and said I don't understand it but I'm going to believe it I'm going to hope that this hope that is better than any other possible hope is real and Jesus will enter your heart by the Holy Spirit today so I'm going to pray. Pray with me. We'll do this. We do it every week. Just about. Thousands said it. I will, Graham. The same prayer. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. That you are who the angels announced. That you have brought heaven to earth. And you opened the door for me. Today I confess that I need you. I'm poor, I'm mourning, and I need your comfort, oh God. 
Fill me now with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that you accept me because you died for me and you were good when I was weak. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. If you've said that prayer the first time, just let me know or let your partner know that you come with or your friend. And we'd like to just, you know, chat to you as a gold or silver bag at the back. Gold, gold bag for adults. If you've made a decision, there's some materials in there to help you in this first step of opening up heaven. Just be bold if you want. Put your hand up if you've said that prayer for the first time today. You want to follow through in it. Jesus died on the cross. And he paid a great price that we might receive his peace for our iniquities. He died. That we might have peace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, George.